We have uh, talked about the Good Shepherd. We spoke upon the dynamic and the power of faith. <clears throat> and this morning, I, <clears throat> I'd like to add to that, you know, the Holy Spirit, the voice and the role of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting how God has covered all the bases. Amen. And all we have to do is play the game. And the game is not a good word in terms of, you know, uh, it's not the twins and whoever the other teams are. <laughs> Used to know what Milwaukee was, but they've changed the name so many times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's get some verses up here if we can. And, and, uh, and as... As I talk today, I want you and I pray that you will hear what the Spirit is saying. Sometimes we have a tendency to hear and then what has not been said. We are so programmed that unless somebody touches on our identity that we associate with it, we miss the expanded role that the Holy Spirit has been sent to with regard to our lives. I disrespect no one's perspective, no one's teaching or training, you know, I'm the Holy Spirit. I respect that. And my goal this morning is, is not to tear anything down, but to build up. Because I believe that's what the Holy Spirit does. Everywhere you find him active in the book of Acts, a major outflow of the Holy Spirit is not just the dynamic that you see, but it is the unity that he brings. It is the sacrifice that comes forth from his, you know, encounter in our lives. It is a bond that is produced <clears throat> by the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts there, it says that they had prayed and the place was shaken. And on so many people stop there. They just like the shaking. <laughs> but it says, you know what I mean, that all of a sudden there was a commonness, there was a unity, there was a sacrifice, there was a bond, and there was an amazing, you know, uh, uh, provision that took place as he brought everybody together and had a sense of body rather than just, you know, you and the Holy Spirit, okay? And I'm grateful for me and the Holy Spirit, and you and the Holy Spirit, but the expanded role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know, uh, I want to talk out today, if you will let me, and let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the Churches, Our scripture verses, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you your remembrance all things that I said to you. Jesus Christ himself has, has went ahead and not only acquired our salvation, but he's also received from the Father the, the, the right to go ahead and empower and give you and I what empowered his life. Think about it. We're going to find out that everything Jesus did, he did not in his deity, but he did under the, and in the Holy Spirit. But when the helper comes, oh, how many know that the 
Holy Spirit arrived. Did that mean that he wasn't here? I don't think so. But he arrived for a purpose. He arrived for a cause. He, he arrived in a dimension for our personal lives. He arrived in a, in a, in a role in our lives. And these scripture verses begin to tell us and what some of the role of the Holy Spirit, Spirit is. Whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to lose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. For John John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So are some of the readings that we uh, have read today. The Holy Spirit, the invisible, personal, and powerful. Holy Spirit that produces visible effects. It says that he's like the wind. You can't see him, but just as the wind, you can witness it. The Holy Spirit can be witnessed. He, the Holy Spirit plays a major role in the function of the believer and that application of Scripture. It is in that receiving and engaging the Holy Spirit after conversion happens because all of a sudden we become aware of his role. Something that we didn't understand in the first part of our conversion. I remember in my experiences are never to be, you know, the ground rule or the format by which things are judged. I'll just tell you my experience. It was at the age of 10 that I was dramatically introduced to the Holy Spirit. That's young. I don't have a lot of hang-ups. I don't have a lot of, you know, knowledge. I don't have, you know, a lot of, you know, parameters. I just love Jesus. And I had an encounter with the dynamic of the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's interesting. He often arrives with a quite a bit of excitement. And when Jesus arrived, how many know Jesus came? Come on now. We're talking about somebody coming. Is he God? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? The Son came... God the Holy Spirit came, right? Sure he did. When Jesus came, he came in the quiet and the silence. And when the Holy Spirit came, he blew in. 
he blew in. He had a, quite a dramatic entrance into our world. Jesus is the epitome of divine communication. Don't get me wrong. God in these last days has spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. In that incarnation, it tells us how much God wants to communicate with us, how much he wants to talk to us, how much he wants to speak to us. But then it was Jesus himself who informed his followers that the Holy Spirit would be in charge of communicating the divine messages that he would give to men and also in speaking through men that message. Powerful thing. When the Spirit comes, he will teach you all things, things that I said to you. I still have many things to say, Jesus said, and I will say them through the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me and take what is mine and declare it to you. John chapter 16. You see, the authority and the agency of Almighty God in the here and now is in the Holy Spirit. It's not different than what Jesus said. It is just, you know what I mean, not adding to it, but making it plain what Jesus said. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Now, let's to understand, let us look at the relationship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Think about it as we walk through this. There are three great episodes, you know, in the relationship between the Holy Spirit and the ministry of Jesus. Each one of those episodes, you know, has to do with a transition. Yes. The first one is the incarnation. He speaks to Mary, the angel does, and says... The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the highest. So now we know, you know what I mean? He's not a lesser. He'll overshadow you because the Holy One in you. Mm. That Holy One in you to be born will be called the Son of God. Conversation with Joseph as they're deliberating the unusualness of this event that is about to take place. The angel said, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Oftentimes, there is an element of being afraid and fearful when it comes to the Holy Spirit in what he's doing. It's oftentimes out of the ordinary. It doesn't really fall neatly into, you know, the bookends. But here's what he said. Don't be afraid, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
human nature was miraculously wrought by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Virgin Mary. The transition that is operative here is this, that the Son of God is becoming the Son of Man by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Then we see another episode. It's at the baptism. Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We see a transition into public ministry. Up to this point, virtually 30 years that Jesus has, he hasn't done any preaching, no miracles, except that he was morally perfect. Yes, it says that at the baptism, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Reason is because John the Baptist was told, how am I going to know who it is? He said, you will know it when you see the Holy Spirit descending on like a dove. So it was a marker of identity in the life of Jesus for the sake of John the Baptist. Amen. And it says in Luke chapter 4, and Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit became led by the Holy Spirit and went in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was he himself who said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. From this point on, Jesus' whole life is now lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. As a result of that empowerment, we see him doing amazing things, the miracles and healing. So you will notice that Jesus was born by the Holy Spirit. And then he was filled with the Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. He was born by it and he was filled by the Holy Spirit. When he faced death, he faced it by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Through what? The Holy Spirit. He was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. First Peter, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Holy Spirit. Woo! Amen. Let me tell you, it's good to have him. So why did Jesus need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It wasn't in terms of his personal righteousness. Jesus was perfect. It was in terms of power. To equip him with supernatural power for his great work. Yes, that power to do signs and wonders. It was not the divinity of Jesus, but his humanity that was being anointed. And that humanity needed the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now listen. It is not your born-again spirit that needs the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, you are complete in him. That whole, that, that new life of Christ, you know what I mean? You can't add to it. It's there. It's full. It's complete. But you still have humanity. And it's your humanity that needs the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
It's our humanity that needs that empowerment for, oh yes, all that we are to be and can be. Thank you, Jesus. Our humanity. When Jesus was doing the miracles, it was not his, his divine nature or deity that was acting. It was that of the Holy Spirit. You see, because when Colossians said, I believe it is Colossians that says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who not a thought robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation, but humbled himself. He humbled himself. Jesus placed himself in position of acknowledging his weakness and dependence on God. That's what he did when he laid it down. Oh, yes. His dependence... We see it exercised and expressed in his prayer life. His prayer life was a prayer life that was anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We see it when he expresses his adoration. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Because he's God. And yet he laid it down. So when it says he was born of a woman under the law, he was saying he was subjecting himself to those laws. Absolutely. The law of prayer. Why would, you know, if he's operating in his divinity, why would he need to pray? Because he's not. He's operating in his humanity. If you get the picture, you'll see how important your relationship with the Holy Spirit is. What an exciting factor. Oh, yes. The ordinances and, and all those duties. He came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. What an amazing Savior that we, we have in that respect. So it's your humanity that needs the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that's why in Ephesians he said that, that we need to be filled with the Spirit. Because there's so much that the Spirit wants to do. And we don't want to shortchange him. Because of our humanity. And then, the third episode of the relationship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit was Pentecost. It was Pentecost. Jesus had been talking to his disciples and he began to put an expectation in them. Yes. He said, I'm going to give you the same spirit that's operated in my life so it can operate in your life. He talked about how he had received from the Father the right or the liberty to give it to you. Why? Because your sacrifice was complete. He was totally satisfied with it. He said he will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Mm. We read the scripture, I baptize you with water, but one mightier than I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. A great transition. A great transition. 
that Christ was given the Holy Spirit to pour or to share uh, and pour it out on his followers to empower them to continue to fulfill the task that Jesus himself had, had begun. So, what Jordan was to Christ, Pentecost is to Christ's followers. The introduction of the Holy Spirit into the believer. It is not the world that receives the Holy Spirit. Now, that's what, that's what Peter wrote. No, Jesus, excuse me, said that in John. He said, he said the world can't receive him because it neither knows him you know, or believes in him. So it seems very, very clear to me that you begin with your relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not a different spirit, without a doubt. But it's an empowerment of the same spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be launched out into, you know, that world. You're going to be, you know, directed to, for the reason and the purpose that I have come. It'll really help your humanity. So the Holy Spirit, let's start with, John wrote in the Revelations, in the seven churches, in seven emphasis, let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. There was a message each one of those churches had that was given to them, all different, but yet it was what the Spirit was saying in regard to them, both in encouragement and in rebuking. So the Holy Spirit is the divine communicator of the divine message. The age of the Father and the age of the Son is now rolled up all into the amazing season of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Yes, God communicating his thoughts. The Holy Spirit is that channel. John 14, he shall testify of me. He will speak the things that I have said to you. See, he links it together. Amen. The Holy Spirit's been, how can I say it? He's been around forever, but in terms of earth, you know what I mean? He's been around a long time. He's at creation. Yes, with an active role. He's sent to deal directly with men. He shall convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and in judgment to come. When he, the truth, has come, he will lead and guide you. Okay, so, you know, as far as the world's concerned, you know, he's on their case. As far as you as a believer is concerned, he's trying to enlighten you. Amen. He was active when the Son of God became the Son of Man. He was present in Jesus' life. He, the Holy Spirit, is the one that forms the church. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We've all been made to drink in one Spirit. He's active in the church.
by the one and same Spirit works all of these. He references the gifts. I love what the Holy Spirit does. He keeps you up to date. He's the revealer of truth. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit directed the affairs of the church community. When Ananias and Sapphira stood before the disciples, the apostles there, and told them a story, Peter said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? To catch you in your lie. <laughs> Amen. He's not looking for your, your, just looking for your lie. You know what I mean? He wants to deliver you from your lying. Because he's a spirit of truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 9. It says that the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The church had guidance through the prophetic utterances according to Acts chapter 11. The Holy Spirit said... Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Anybody ever heard the Holy Spirit in your life? That voice, that impression, some of those thoughts, that energy, the will to do. The red signs, <laughs> you know, don't do that. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, praise God. <clears throat> He's the one that's taking you to your tomorrow. He's the one that's comforted you in your distress. He's the one that's making intercession for you. All according to the will of God. We don't have to pray empty prayers. All we got to do is engage the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because he is a present voice. Amen. The Holy Spirit stands to go ahead and uh, validate your decisions. As the church is trying to solve some of the issues, they come to the conclusion of it. And it says it seemed good to, that is, the brethren that were making the decision and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Much and most of his work is not independent, it is cooperative. It's you and the Holy Spirit. It's us and the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord. He's not here to confuse. He's here to enlighten. Amen? Absolutely. So many things that he has done, and I want to see where I want to go because I, have, I don't want to do too much repetition. The Holy Spirit 
always leads to the word. He always leads to the word. Not away from the word, but to the word. The word must be the governing factor and identifying of the Spirit's voice. Your impressions, you know what I mean, should never violate the word. They should never violate the nature. They should never violate, you know what I mean, the very divineness of God himself. Thank the Lord. Because why do we need something? Because there's many spirits that's gone out into the world. And that got a lot of voices. So it's good to have people in your life and the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Praise God. The Spirit's voice will always be Jesus-oriented. Jesus said he will take what is mine and reveal it to you. For everything that I have received, I received from the Father. Jesus never made any claims of his own from the standpoint of his humanity. He did, of course, attach himself to the promises of God. You know about how he gives boldness, etc. How he's the regenerator and he's the transformer and the one that empowers you and the one, you know what I mean, who unites us. The Holy Spirit comes to be more than just the keeper of the aquarium. He wants to make us fishers of men. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Listen, church. Hallelujah. Now, is there an aquarium to keep? Absolutely, there is an aquarium to keep. But he wants to have some fish in that aquarium. I'm an aquarium keeper. Our pastors and lay people are aquarium keepers. According to Paul's advice to the churches at Ephesus... He says, take watch carefully over the flock. It has great value, which God has purchased with his own blood. Watch it. Take care of it. But then Paul wrote to Timothy, who was a pastor, and he says, you need to do the work of an evangelist. Sometimes I... Got to stir you up a little bit. And I have to stir myself up. I'm so grateful for our worship team, how they stir us up. I'm so grateful for your word that you, you stir us up. Yeah. Now let's look at the nature of the Holy Spirit so you know where you're at in relationship to you and him and how you're coming across. First of all, the Holy Spirit is by nature happy. Yes. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. What's the opposite of that? He feels pretty good. He feels pretty good most of the time in you. (laughs) 
I need more smiles here. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah. When I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you have to jump around and skip around and, you know, and yahoo all the time. But if I, if my insight is not doing so good, I know it's not the Holy Spirit that's not doing so good. I remember a, 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 a pastor, well, actually he was a missionary. This is way back in my, my, you know, real youth. He said, a happy Holy Spirit makes you a happy person. A grieved Holy Spirit gives you a sour look. <laughs> and I'm not talking, you know what I mean? Some of us take, take uh, too seriously the word sober. <laughs> Kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The level of the Holy Ghost has a lot to do with the projection of your body. Your humanity needs the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is humble and gentle. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, you're familiar with it. When the Holy Spirit sat upon Jesus as a dove, he is referencing the characteristic. Characteristic of a dove is its purity. So pure that it was used in sacrifices by poor people. People that didn't have a lot of money. It was allowed for them to use the dove. He's harmless. He's gentle. He has a keen eyesight. Yes. And he also mourns. The Holy Spirit takes our infirmities and offers groanings that cannot be put in words. Hallelujah. What's this about? What is this I feel? Yes, there's moments. It's not an unhappy Holy Spirit. It's an interceding Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is peaceful and hopeful that you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is love. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I love better when the Holy Spirit is touching my humanity. Because love is like the perfume of God. Because I'm going to be gone here. Thursday, my wife and I leave for celebrating our 40th anniversary. So I need to just finish this up. (laughs) 
the Holy Spirit and humans. Well, let's put it this way. Humans are the agency that the Holy Spirit uses. God has placed to communication of his truth to the world by human agencies. No one speaking by the Holy Spirit calls Jesus accursed. Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but demonstration of the Spirit and in power. The Holy Spirit uses human beings and human language. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Think about it. From the heart of God to the heart of men, from the word of God, you know, in the words of men, it's communicated. You have a major role in relationship to the Holy Spirit. If he anoints your humanity. You see, God is looking for men and women who will change the world. Yes. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's revealing his love and his care to the world through humanity. It was so important, the role of the Holy Spirit in the disciples' life, that Jesus said, you need to wait until, you know what I mean, you have this encounter. Of course, they had to wait because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. You know, the appointed time of his arrival. How many know that Jesus had an appointed time of his arrival? The Holy Spirit had an appointed time of his arrival. And then, of course, the outflow and the flourishing of it. And ask my musicians to come this morning. But capture this morning, if you would, that you are designated an agency through which the Holy Spirit operates, through which the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen? Yes. First Corinthians says, now you are the body of Christ. <coughs> His mouthpiece to the world. I believe that God is still talking and has not stopped talking to mankind. Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. There's some kind of communication that's going on there. Some direction. How do you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit? Let me give you just a few examples. Scripture points out that you need to wake up each morning with an objective of hearing God's voice. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 says this, I will stand my watch 
and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer. Isaiah 50 and 4 said, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned, to listen consistently. Hallelujah. I have never heard an audible voice of God. But invariably I hear most of it's by just a word or a thought or an impression that comes to me in the morning. Then it's up to me to investigate that. It's up to me to go ahead and find out what are you saying in that? What, what more is it? Obey him. Obey him. Listen regularly. Obey him. Because Luke 16 and 10 says this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Yes, it may start small, but it increases because you obey the small. <coughs> Keep a soft heart. Keep a soft heart. Hebrews 3 and 15. Today, if you hear his voice, Harden not your heart. Keep a soft heart. Expect God to speak. Expect God to speak. When I, when I feel that impression in the morning, when I feel that word or whatever, and if it hasn't come yet, I'll stop and I'll go, Lord, you know what I mean? I just need some from you. I'm not, I don't want to start. And then I go to this. That's where I go. After I get a direction, then I go to this. And a lot of it I already know. But I find that most, so much of the time he's trying to add to what I already know. Amen. He's try, trying to straighten out some of the things I thought I knew. <laughs> yeah. Never in a rebuking fashion. No. Always in an enlightening fashion. Always. Praise God. The ways the Holy Spirit wants to help you every day, how he helps to, wants to help you and me. Number one, to know what you need to know. When the Spirit of truth has come, he will lead you. He doesn't want you and I uninformed. He comes to get us where we need to go the Holy Spirit the Spirit led Simon to the temple the Spirit told Philip go join yourself to that chariot thank God the chariots were slower on that day than they are today <laughs> to say the right things yes the Holy Spirit 
Yes. To wait for God's perfect timing. To wait in confidence and hope. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. To resist the things that I can't normally resist. To avoid dangers and mistakes. Holy Spirit. Stand with me this morning. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I could tell you how he arrived in my life or introduced himself to me in my life, but I can't tell you how that works in your life. Amen. What song do we got? How many think you really want to get to know the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes. Yeah. He's not. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Now, I mean, there sometimes there's things to be afraid of, but he gets it ironed out. I, I mean, <laughs> he really does. He gets it. He gets it ironed out. Now, I started out by saying, would you hear what the Spirit is saying and not what was not said? I've been around this thing long enough to know and been confronted by what I didn't say. And they missed everything that I said because they were so focused on what I didn't say. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen, he's here. He's here. He's in you, he's with you. He said, you know, they talked about the Holy Spirit. He said, Ask the Father. Ask the Father. And he gives the Holy Spirit to whoever asks him. He gives it to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father. Hallelujah. Give us the Holy Spirit. Father. Jesus, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. He's like the wind. You can't see him, but you'll know when he's passed by. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Jesus himself said that. That change and transformation that takes place in our lives. You receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When you acknowledge that the Holy Spirit has been given, has been sent. Amen. Just for us. And He is your connection. To everything Jesus did, everything Jesus said, and everything that will be. Amen. Father, today, thank you. Thank you who have not left us comfortless. Holy Spirit, we humbly acknowledge you today. 
and we welcome you. We lean upon you. We want to listen to you. Take what is Christ Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, and reveal it and give it to us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Go with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Taking to work with you.